All right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's Alday Talks Facts. We're here. Get some facts, like always. Of course, hope you guys are doing great on this beautiful, and I mean beautiful Thursday afternoon. It is warm out. It is beautiful. It is nice. Fucking love this weather right now. I really am. Tomorrow, it's going to be like around 80. Saturday, me and King MGJ are going to go play some baseball for the first time since June. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I want to let you guys know I will be doing an episode tomorrow. I'll be talking about the NBA trade deadline. It'll be like a little bit earlier, like at 4 o'clock, not, you know, towards 5. You know, 4 o'clock, I'll do the episode. Definitely got some trades to talk about tomorrow. But right now, we are going to talk about AEW Dynamite. This was some fucking show. It really was. I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the hell out of the show. A lot of great matches that we saw. It was a fun show to watch. Definitely one to remember, in my opinion. And the fact that we got Darby Allen versus John Silva for the TNT Championship in the main event made it even better. And who says AEW doesn't create new stars? Or doesn't put the new stars in the main event? I'm just saying. Just saying. I think a lot of people are feeling pretty stupid right now. But the first match to start off the show, it was a banger. The AEW World Champion, the god of pro wrestling, Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel. And it's an elimin- it's a championship eliminator match, which means if Seidel wins, he gets a shot at the world. He gets a shot at the AW World Heavyweight Championship. That's if he beats Omega. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, these two have history. They've had two matches before in the past. I never seen them. I know I sound like a casual. You know, it is what it is. These two, man, what a fucking match they put on. I really didn't expect this to be the first match of the night. I thought it was gonna be the main event. I was kind of surprised when I saw. It. I was like, oh, this is the first match. Like. Damn, I expected to be in the main event. See, you know, this match deserved to be in the main event. Not Omega versus Joey Janela back on December 16th, you know. And the same kind of match, you know, if Joey Janela gets the win. He gets a title shot against against Omega. That would have been a disaster. Joey Janela getting a title shot. Fucking hate that guy so much, you know. I don't want to sound like, you know, a certain somebody. But I'm just saying, I fucking hate Janela. Janela sucks ass. He's fucking terrible. Taking so much TV time away. From other wrestlers in the company that deserved it. I hope he gets fucking released soon. Because fuck him. Seriously. <laughs> but now this match between Omega and Seidel was great. And Don Callis is on commentary. And fucking everyone there giving him shit was hilarious. And we saw Mike Seidel. You know Matt Seidel's brother. Had ring signs. Some people were saying oh this match doesn't make any sense. Like oh my god. But they had a stipulation between Seidel and Nakazawa. If Seidel wins he gets a shot at Omega. Not for the title. But we know Tony Khan came out and made an eliminator, you know, match. Like, if Seidel wins, then he gets a title shot at Omega. So, it's like, all right, cool. And Seidel, man, fucking, a lot of people forget how great he is. You know, he is one of the most underrated wrestlers, definitely in this company, and definitely throughout the whole wide world. And the whole wrestling world, Seidel is extremely underrated. He's always been good. He looks young. I think he's, like, 38, 39. Like, he looks young. It looks like he's in his 20s. And he moves around like he's in his 20s. I didn't even know he was older than, you know, Kenny. Like Don Callis saying, oh, uh, Kenny's facing this young upstart talent. And I think it was like Shivani that brought up like saying, um, you know, Seidel's older than Omega. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like I knew that too. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, Don Callis, he's funny, man. I like him. Um, but yeah, Omega and Seidel was a back and forth fucking great match. You know, it definitely could have main event to the pay-per-view. Like seriously, this was a pay-per-view caliber match. These two tore Daly's place down. 
And I loved every minute of it. And Seidel was so close. Near four after near four. I really thought Seidel was going to win. I really thought he was going to get a shot at Kenny. I really thought he was. They had us there right there. You know, a lot of people were saying on social media, like, they really thought Seidel was going to win. Like, it was, it was a very close near four. We thought it was three, but it just wasn't. Like, Omega just kicked out. But Seidel, man, he, he does some really cool shit in the ring. Like, seriously, I think I mentioned I met him one time at City Field for Legends of Wrestling. He seemed like a really nice guy. You know, I was actually there for one of the, you know, um, I feel like one of his probably best matches, if not his best, not, if not the best match of his career, or biggest one of his career, when he beat Chris Jericho at Fatal 4-Way in 2010 when he was, you know, known as Evan Bourne. That was something, though. When he won that match, I was kind of surprised. That's when, like, when I started watching wrestling. I thought, like, Jericho was going to... I was, like, I was like a few months, you know, like after I started watching wrestling, I thought Jericho was going to win. And when Seidel won, I was like, holy shit, he actually beat Chris Jericho. I, I felt like right then and there, Seidel should have been pushed, like, right then and there. He should have won the Money in the Bank the next month. I know Miz, you know, blah, blah, blah. But still, it's just like that was the biggest win of his career right there. That's what I feel. I was great. It was, it was very happy to see it. But uh, him and Omega, like, they definitely showed the chemistry that they have. They just put on a great match. They seriously did. You know, I loved it. You know, and Omega's hitting the V-triggers. On Seidel, hit like three on him. You know, and Seidel was going for the shooting star press. And Omega got away. Went after Seidel. And then had him up. And then Seidel tried to get out of it. But he couldn't get out of that one-way in Angel. Omega hits it. One, two, three. Kenny Omega beats Matt Seidel. So Matt Seidel will not be getting a title shot anytime soon. I would hope in the future maybe he gets a TNT title match. Because him and Darby could put on a really good match. They're about the same size. They could put on a pretty good match. That would be really cool to see Seidel get a push, though. I know he's, you know, he's not you know, young, obviously. But he deserved a push when he was in the other company. That's all I'm saying. He just did. But him and Kenny, great match. Kenny with the win. All right, like, we don't know what's really next for Kenny, to be honest. We really don't know. You have so many guys lined up right now. You still have Mox, but he lost in his rematch. Potentially Eddie Kingston. You know, Hangman Page is lurking. You know, Christian Cage, you know, says he's going to earn his wins and eventually he'll get a title shot. We know he's facing Rich Swan on the Impact Wrestling pay-per-view on April 25th for the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. And we know Kenny most likely is going to win because he's coming to collect. He's coming to collect right now. So we really don't know what's next for Kenny, like... For the AEW World title. We don't know what direction he's going in right now. We don't know. We just really don't know. There's so many options. And whenever it gets announced for Double or Nothing, which is not until May 30th, so we got a long way to go. I'm sure, like, in the, in the next couple weeks, they'll probably announce it. Because they have to think, okay, we got the pay-per-view coming up soon. Like, okay. Probably Omega will defend the title, like, on Dynamite, you know, maybe, like, sometime in April. And then we'll know who he's going to face at Double or Nothing. Something like that probably will happen. Like, we'll see. But it was a great match between Kenny and Seidel. I was really pulling for Seidel to win. I really wanted to see Seidel get a title shot. Seriously did. <sighs> but it is what it is. It is what it is. He's so fucking underrated, though. He's so underrated. It's not even funny. All right. So we got to our next match right here. Hangman Adam Page versus Cesar Bononi. And it was kind of like false advertising in a way because they said like J.D. Drake and Ryan Nemeth were supposed to be at ringside. They were at ringside, but they were over like, you know, the uh, 
the railing. They weren't, you know, they weren't really at ringside. I mean, yeah, they were ringside with, like, the other bad guys, but they really, you know, weren't really, like, there there in a way. But, you know, this was a decent match. Only lasted about a couple minutes. You know, Cesar has botched a little bit. And we know he's going through a lot, you know. Um... Uh, something with his wife. I'm going to actually look at it right now because I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to be wrong. That's why I'm going to look at it right now. Something with uh, Cesar Bononi. Let me take a look real quick. Because he posted something on Twitter. So he said, I usually don't do this, but desperate times need desperate actions. My sister-in-law is a match donor for my wife's leukemia treatment without a bone marrow transplant. There's 80% chance of this disease coming back. Brazil's health system is overloaded because of COVID, and they're not able to withdraw her bone marrow and send it here before April 27th. The doctor said that my wife needs a transplant on the 1st of April. We applied for an emergency visa, and they did not accept the request for interview. We tried to call the U.S. Embassy in Brazil, but they said they cannot help. If somebody somehow can help, my family will truly appreciate it. God bless you all. So we know that Cesar, yeah, he's, going, he's really going through a lot. He really is. I know some people have called him, you know, a botch fest in a way, you know, like how he, you know, injured Cody and then the botch with him and Luchasaurus on AW Dark Elevation. But the guy's going through a lot. He's still going in the ring and him and Hangman put on a decent match. I wish the best for him and I hope that everything goes well for him. He seems like a good guy and I just hope everything goes well. I, re- I really, I really hope so, man. I hope, I hope that somebody can really help him. I seriously do. I just really do. But him and Hangman put on a decent match, you know. Hangman and Paige hitting that beautiful, you know, uh, buckshot lariat. That was something right there. Got the win over Cesar. And, you know, Hangman was celebrating with some cold ones after the match. And we'll see where he goes next. We know we saw him with the Dark Order before, you know. They were talking about, you know, they were talking to John Silver about getting ready for his match with Darby Allen for the TNT title. My best wishes do go out to Cesar, though. They really do. So we saw Lance Archer look like in the type of a type of building, I guess you could say. And he says that people may know the name of Sting, but people will remember the name of Lance Archer. He said Showtime, you know, that's Sting's old line right there. So it does seem like at first I thought we were gonna see like Lance Archer versus Darby Allen for the TNT title, but it seems like we're gonna get Lance Archer versus Sting. That's what it seems like. I'm like, okay, alright. I mean, would Lance Archer be the best guy for Sting to work with one-on-one? I mean, as I said, we know that Sting is very limited, so you have to think maybe the match is going to be cinematic. Are they actually going to have, like, these two go in a real wrestling ring live on pay-per-view and have a match? I, I don't know if that's... I don't know if that can happen. It might have to be cinematic. Because, like I said, we know Sting is very, very limited. He's moved, he's moved pretty good for a 62-year-old. I'll give him that, and happy belated birthday to him. I know his birthday was... Uh, few days ago but we know he's very very limited but he's moving pretty good I mean I wouldn't mind it you know if they can make it work they can make it work we'll see but then next now we go back you know into Daly's place and fucking Britt Baker DMD she cut an amazing promo Britt Baker is so goddamn good like I said so much he's always been great on the mic but she's improved a lot in the ring. She made history with Thunder Rosa last week. And we saw, like, they showed, like, Tony Schiavone talking with Thunder Rosa after the match. They had St. Patrick's Day Slam. Thunder Rosa thanking the fans. 
And we know that she's, you know, back with NWA right now. And, like, I feel like when her contract does expire with NWA, she will come back to AEW full-time, and they'll give her a run with the belt because she damn well deserves it. You know, because her and Sheeta put on a great match at, uh, at All Out for the AEW Women's title. That match, like, came out of nowhere. It was like, holy shit, that, like, came out of nowhere. And that was something. You know, her and Serena D put on a really good match. Not, uh, about a few months ago, and her and Britt Baker, the best women's match in AEW history, probably the best match on, in Dynamite history, you could say, because those two, that was something. So hopefully we'll see Thunder Rosa back in the future, which I believe we will. I definitely believe we, I definitely believe we will. You know, Britt Baker was actually talking about, you know, Mick Foley, like how, well, she like thanked him for the thumbs up, because Mick Foley has praised... AEW a lot, so don't be surprised if Mick Foley comes around to AEW. I don't. I think he's still in a. I think he's still under a Legends contract with WWE. I'm not too sure if he is. And actually, no, I don't think he is because then he, I don't think I don't think he could talk about AEW if he was under a Legends contract. I don't think he can. So I don't believe. So maybe he's not in a Legends contract. So maybe we'll see him appear in AEW. But then I know people are gonna say like, "Oh, this is such. This is TNA 2.0." But you bring Mick Foley. Into AEW, one, we know he's not going to wrestle, obviously. That's never going to happen again. We know that. Jesus Christ. What, do you think they're crazy? They know that he can't wrestle anymore. They would just bring him in for a couple appearances. That's probably what they would do. He's a big name. He would get people to watch. But you know he's not going to wrestle. I mean, maybe if Tony Khan like says, you know, okay, we'll do like an on-screen commissioner thing. Even though they would never do that. Mick Foley could do it. But then people would complain like, oh, they did that with the WWE. Oh, my God. They're recycling old fucking shit. They just, they just can't win, so it doesn't even matter. So who really gives a shit? But she said she didn't need anybody's praise, Britt Baker, and Britt claimed it took Mick 20 years for him to be known as a hardcore legend, but only took her one night. And Britt says Tony Khan's been signing, you know, on these legends, but he already has the greatest legend in wrestling with her. You know, and Britt Baker was saying, like, the Thunder Rose, like, she should be grateful, you know, because she was in the, you know, like, Britt Baker put her in the spotlight, basically. So hopefully this leads to Britt Baker versus Sheeta for the AEW Women's title. And hopefully it leads to Britt Baker winning the AEW Women's World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, what? Really? Did I, did I say World Heavyweight Championship? Jesus Christ. Hopefully it leads her to win the AEW Women's World Championship. Not World Heavyweight. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. Whatever. But um, we'll see. She cut a really good promo. It was great to see her and Shivani together again. So that was really nice. And backstage, we saw Frankie Kazarian confront Christian Cage and ask him where he's when he's going to when like when are you going to be in the ring? You have the outwork everyone outwork everyone's shirt, but where's the work? When are you going to get in the ring? And Christian says he's free next week if he's up for the challenge. And Christian Cage versus Frank Kazarian is official for next week. Frank Kazarian said, "Like, are you busy Monday night?" You know, I was like, mm, "Okay, yeah, I get that reference right there." Because Frank Kazarian's having a match on AEW Dark Elevation on Monday. And, you know, inviting Christian Cage to come watch. This is going to be a really good match next week. Because it got made official for next week. So Christian Cage's in-ring debut will be against Frank Kazarian. Next week on Dynamite. These two had some classic matches in TNA. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. It's going to be a good match. And who better for Christian Cage to face in his AEW ring debut against Frank Kazarian. And Kazarian's put on a lot of good matches in AEW. You know, he's one half... The first ever AEW World Tag Team Champion, so it's perfect. We'll see how it turns out. 
So now we got to see the Pinnacle debut. Their in-ring debut right here was Sean Spears and FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler versus Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., and Dante Martin. So Darius Martin is hurt. That you know, um, That's Dante Martin's brother in top flight, so he's hurt. I hope that he's doing well, and I hope we see him back in the ring pretty soon. I kind of figured when they you know, showed Dante Martin, you know, when they advertised him for this match, I kind of figured that, uh, that Darius was hurt. So I'm like, all right. So hopefully that he's doing okay, and hopefully we'll see him back soon. This match, even though it was, it could have went a little bit longer, to be honest, Dante Martin, 20 years old. He's my age. This guy, holy fucking shit. Is he, he's going to be, this might be a hot take right here, but Dante Martin's going to be a future world champion. This kid is talented as hell. 20 years old, he moves like a cat. He moves great. Well, obviously, you know, he's 20 years old. He's young, so he moves well for his age, obviously. But he moves like a cat. He's only going to get better. 20 years old. He's 20. He's so fucking young. And he is talented as hell. Very talented. He was basically the MVP of this match. He was moving amazing in this match. Like, holy shit. And I've liked Top Flight ever since they came into AEW when they had their first match with the Young Bucks. It was like they got thrown right into the fire facing them. I was like, whoa. Like, okay. But they're good. They're good. Hopefully Darius is okay and we'll see him back soon. But Dante, man, he is great. And this was a good match. I really kind of want to see MJF in this match, you know, but it is what it is. You know, hopefully we'll see him and Wardlow get to wrestle as a team again. That would be nice. You know what? I do believe they are setting up for the pinnacle to face the inner circle at double or nothing. And hopefully it's not a football fucking match. You know, the stadium stampede match we saw last year. Hopefully it is blood and guts, but since it's at Daly's place, I don't know if they can do blood and guts. You know, like the whole war games type of match. I don't know if they can do that in Daly's place. I don't believe they can. I mean, maybe they can find a way to make it work, but I don't know if they can do it. Unless maybe they go to like a small arena. I mean, not a small arena, like, a, like a, an indoor arena and they're able to do it. You know, maybe they just do that. They tape the match, you know, something like that. At like an indoor arena and they do it. I, I don't know if they could do it. You know, in Daly's place. I don't think they can. I, I don't believe so. I mean, maybe they can make it work, but I don't know. But the Pinnacle got the win. It was kind of like a short match in a way. I was kind of surprised, but it was a good match nonetheless. And after the match, you did see the Pinnacle talk. And these guys cut great promos. We didn't see Sean Spears or Tully or Wardlow talk. We didn't see those guys talk, but... Cash cut a great promo saying he doesn't have any wife or kids, but this is his family right here. He'll live and die with this family. And Dax Harwood, fucking, whoa, what a promo he cut. He cut a very good fucking promo. Like, my God. Like, you could feel when Dax was speaking right there. Like, that came right from the heart. That ain't no bullshit. That came right from the fucking heart. Cut a great, great promo. And then MJF started to speak, and he, he fucking made another fat joke about Chris Jericho saying, if he sits down in a chair, he'll probably, he'll probably break it. I'm like, Jesus. You know, and he called out the inner circle, but they're not there. You know, but he's like seen or heard of them since the attack a couple weeks ago. Eventually, the inner circle's coming back. We know that for a fact. Maybe like April 7th, they'll come back, which, which does make sense. And MJF said he has a gift for the Pinnacle for next week, so we'll see what happens there. Maybe, or maybe your circle does return next week. Maybe like the whole gift 
like, you know, the quote-unquote gift is the inner circle returning. Like, maybe the inner circle steal the gift, the actual gift, and they return. So we'll see. And when we go back up to the stage, so QT Marshall says he doesn't want to be known as Cody's friend, and he wants an exhibition against Cody next week. And QT, man, he cut a decent promo. Like, he doesn't want to be known as Cody's friend. And QT, in my opinion, is an underrated wrestler. He saved AEW, basically, by having, you know, by, you know, having um, them tape AEW in his gym out in Atlanta because, you know, they couldn't film at Daly's place for a while. So thank God for that. They had to do it, you know, in Atlanta. Thank God for QT Marshall, you know, saving it right there. Because, like I said, TNT didn't want any cancelizations or else they would take AEW off the air. And we'd be stuck with fucking WWE right now. Just really, to be honest. You know, as a major, you know, as a major company, like in a way, you know what I'm trying to say. That's on national television. When I, what is what I mean. But QT cut a decent promo. His wife was there at the show. You know, he says, you know, like when Cody, you know, is gonna go back to the Marriott and be with Brandy. You know, while QT is gonna be training, you know, at the gym. His wife sleeps alone because you know QT is always training at the gym. Good promo. Then Cody Rhodes came out. You know, he says, you're my friend, you're my best friend. We all know where that whole best friend thing came from. With him and MJF, we all know that worked out. Didn't work out pretty well. So I'm just saying. But Cody does accept that next week it will be an exhibition match between QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes. And Arn Anderson, the enforcer, will be the special guest referee. See, now I got a funny feeling. We know that QT is going to betray Cody. We know that he's going to go full on heel next week after the match. Because I believe Cody's going to win. And that's not a bad thing. We all know how the E-drones and the whole, like, fucking WWE stands are going to be. Like, oh, my God, Tony Rhodes puts himself over. Oh, my God, he's Jeff Jarrett, Triple H 2.0. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Oh, my God, Jesus Christ. It's going to be tiring just hearing that next week. We already know what's going to happen. I have no problem with Cody winning, to be honest. Because we know it's going to lead to QT turning heel. May or maybe Arn Anderson turns on Cody. Because I believe... I mean, I do still believe the big match should be like QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes because they teamed up for a while and they were in that bunkhouse match with the Butcher and the Blade and that was a fucking great match on Dynamite. I believe that's the big match right there, but I don't know. We haven't seen Dustin in a while. I hope he's okay. I hope he's not hurt. I hope he's doing all right because we haven't seen him on TV in a while like or wrestle in the ring. We haven't seen that in a while. Hopefully he's doing okay. But we know this match could be good, so maybe maybe Arn does turn heel on Cody. Maybe maybe he does something with QT, and maybe just maybe there's a new team. Maybe Arn Anderson's son and QT Marshall, because we know Arn Anderson's son is trained to be a wrestler. So that would be something, and Arn Anderson could be the manager for them. That would be something right there. I wouldn't mind it. Wouldn't mind it at all. But we'll see though. So now we get to the match of the night right here. The Lucha Bros, Ray Phoenix, and Penta, and Ladaro Kid versus the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Brandon Cutler. I'm like, okay, so Brandon Cutler's back on national television again. I'm like, all right. He put on a good performance, though, to be honest. I got to give him that. He had a good performance with Hager last month. He had a good performance, you know, in this uh, six-man tag team match. I got to give him credit. I don't like him still. I think he's a mark, you know, and him getting all pissy about JR's comments, you know, I was like, I thought that was kind of disrespectful in a way, you know, when a fucking veteran, if 
fucking guy like JR is, you know, speaking facts about you, you know, you should fucking listen. You should take advice from him, not, like, get all pissy and mad about it. Because this guy's calling your fucking match. He could just shit on you if he wants to. If he wants to. JR could just absolutely shit on him if he wants to. And I think he should. Because Brandon Cutler is a fucking stupid mark. And he looks like a fucking nerd anyway. You just fucking just look at him. He's like, oh my god, you know that he's a mark. You know, you know that he's a fucking nerd. He probably, hasn't, he probably didn't have sex till he was like 30. Or however old he is, you know. Probably took him a while to touch a fucking woman. So I'm just saying. Call like I see it. It is what it is. It's all good though. Happens to the best of us. But um, I like this Lodoro kid guy. Because I'd never seen him wrestle. I believe he did wrestle at the, the first Fighter Fest two years ago. It was, uh, I guess it was him and the Lucha Bros versus Kenny and the Umbucks. Because I had never seen him, because I didn't see that pay-per-view at all. So, the first time getting to see him wrestle, guess who he was all about. This match was just fucking non-stop right here. We know that Pac is out with an ankle injury, so we'll see him most likely in a few weeks. But this match was just non-stop action. This match was legit non-stop action. It just went on and on, which is great. It was legit, like, oh my god. Like, it was just really non-stop. These guys really, these guys really tore it down. Like, seriously. There were a lot of great spots in this match. And, of course, people are going to call it a spot fest. Oh, my God, it's a spot fest. Okay, then don't watch then. Seriously, why complain? See, it's like, that's why I stopped reviewing WWE. I mean, yeah, I still watch it, but I'm not going to waste my energy on it. Because I know how I'm going to get it. You know, I want to, like, I don't need my blood pressure fucking going through the roof. You know, that's why I watch AEW. You know, like... You know, or review AEW because you know I could fucking there's something to praise. You know, sometimes I might throw a little rants in there, like about this fucking virgin Brandon Cutler. Obviously, you know I've ranted about him. You know, obviously and I ranted about the finals, the AEW Women's you know tournament being fucking Nyla Rose and Rio Mizunami when it should have been like Britt Baker or maybe Rio Mizunami, but it is what it is. But still, this was a great six-man tag team match, and I seriously enjoyed it. thought it was great. Even though I, don't, I still don't like Brandon Carter, like I said, he put on some decent spots in this match. He did good, you know. It's whatever. We all, have our, we all have our days where we're good in the ring, you know. We're just good in general, even though we're fucking assholes sometimes. It is what it is. But it was a great match. The Darrell Kid really opened up my eyes. He did great. Ray Phoenix was fucking crazy, like always, which I love. Penta did great. It's some really cool spots in there as well. The Young Bucks were going off, like always. We did see um, Matt Jackson's wife and his two kids were there at ringside, so that was something special as well. It's kind of a shame they didn't get to see their dad win, but it is what it is. Because the Lucha Bros and the Darrell Kid got the win over Brandon Cutler and the Young Bucks. And that was a great Spanish fly by the Darrell Kid onto Brandon Cutler for the finish. So it did, it did protect the Young Bucks because none of them took the pin. It was Brandon Cutler that took the pin. And it was a good match. It was a really good match. Match of the fucking night. It was great. And right after the match, Kenny Omega coming out attacking Ladaro Kid went right after him. Went right after him with the microphone and he went off. Kenny Omega was pissed. You know, he was saying he sometimes he doesn't agree with Don Callis says, but he's right about one thing, you know, saying that the you know, you guys, the Unbucks have changed. You know, you picked Brandon Cutler over me, you know. Like, what's that all about? And he put up the whole two sweet. He put up the two sweet things, and it's your last chance to do it. And the Young Bucks didn't do it, and they walked off with Brandon Cutler. 
They walked off, and then Kenny Omega got super kicked, double super kicked by Phoenix and Penta. And they walked off with Ladaro Kid, and the Good Brothers came to the aid of Kenny, who was bleeding from the mouth. And that was it right there. So now it looks like, and Kenny Omega even said they're done. He's done with the Unbucks now. So now you can say it's officially all about him and Gallows and Anderson, or whatever members from the Bullet Club come in. You know, like I said, the big match is going to be the Unbucks versus Gallows and Anderson for the tag titles. That's the big match they want to do. It's going to happen, and I can't wait. It's going to be great. You know, Kenny feels disrespected by the Unbucks, you know, choosing Brandon Cutler over him. I mean, I would as well if I was in his shoes. And I definitely would. So we did see that Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes are getting their own uh, reality show on TNT. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. He showed some pretty cool clips right there. You know, you know, of course, you know, when Brandy showed Cody that she said that she's pregnant. So that was also pretty cool. And you can see, like, you know, different side of Cody. You don't see, like, in the ring. You know, he's very, like, laid back, you know, which is great. You know, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, though. That he's getting his own reality show, him and Brandy. So that's, or, like, the whole Rhodes family. So that would be really cool. I might give it a watch. You know, I might give it a watch there. So we'll see how that turns out. So now we get to the next match right here. Tay Conti versus Nyla Rose. And this was a rematch from the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament. And Tay Conti, let me just say. Let me just say. She's really improved in the ring. Because, like, she had the match with Serena Deeb at uh, New Year's Smash Night 2. And she did okay, to be honest. Against Serena, you know, Serena mostly carried that match. But Tay Conti, she's improved. She put on she put on a good match with Nyla. She really did. She did some pretty cool shit in this match. You know, she really did. In the whole Dark Order, they came out to support her at first, you know, just showing support and respect to her. And, they, you know, they all walked off. But, you know, she did great. She did great. She's very young. She's got a whole lot of talent. I think she's the number, number one ranked... Uh, She's number one contender now for the AW Women's, you know, world title. So here's what I would do, though. Actually, we'll talk about what I would do after we talk about the match. But it was a good match. Obviously, Vicky Guerrero was a ringside, you know, being annoying as always, which is the best part of her. And Nyla, she's improved a lot in the ring as well. She's put on some good matches. Well, she's actually had some good matches in AEW. And a lot of people, if you know, a lot of people forget that, though. She's put on some pretty good matches. She has, like seriously. People just don't want to admit it, though. But Tay Conti, man, she, whew, she really has improved. Like holy shit, she hasn't really talked as much. You know, she hasn't really talked like as much you know, on the mic. But her ring work's gotten better. Seriously, put on a great match with Nyla, and she got the win over. I was actually really surprised. I was really surprised that she got the win. That surprised me. And then we saw. Nyla Rose attacked her after the match, and then here came Makaro Shida, the AW Women's World Champion. She came out and beat up Nyla Rose with the Kendall stick, and then here came the bunny, you know, Allie. She came out and beat the shit out of Hikaru Shida and Tay Conti with the Kendall stick. And we saw Matt Hardy butchering the blade all together, the Hardy Empire. And then Allie went back up there with them. And Matt Hardy says that, you know, his empire is tired of being disrespected. You know, Allie wasn't even in. The AEW Women's Eliminated Tournament. The, you know, the tournament sucked because Allie wasn't in it. Well, Matt Hardy's right about one thing. The tournament did suck. You know, it really, it really did, to be honest. But that was something right there, you know. 
seeing Allie just go off, I was like, damn, okay, shit. But not a great match between Tay Conti and Nyla. And here's what I would do, though. So since Tay Conti's the number one ranked for the AEW Women's, you know, world title, here's what I would do. I would have her come out on Dynamite and challenge Sheeta. But instead of Sheeta, here comes Britt Baker. And I would have Britt Baker come out and have her just go off on Tay Conti saying, you know, I've been busting my ass. You know, I was in the first ever women's main event with Thunder Rosa. Where's my title shots? Then how about this then? Tay Conti says, you know what? You're right. So let's do this. Next week, you know, whenever that week is, you versus me. And I'll put my number one contender's spot on the line against you. So if you win, you get the shot against Sheeta. If I win, I get the shot against Sheeta. So there you go. It's fair. And they can have the match like the next week, whatever week that is, and Britt Baker gets the win. So there you go. That's just what I would do. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Conti versus Sheeta. I think they could put on a pretty good match, but it's Britt Baker's division. She needs the belt. You got to give her the belt. She, she needs that belt. I've been saying it for months. She needs that belt. Like, seriously. So for next week, we got... Here's the match card for next week. We're going to get Miro and Kip Sabian versus Chuck Taylor and Fresh Squeeze Orange Cassidy in an arcade anarchy match. Uh, I mean, um... I don't know about this. I have a feeling this might be the main event. So I kind of have a feeling it might also be like kind of like cinematic in a way, like where they're going to wrestle like in an arcade. There might be some goofiness to this match. I mean, obviously. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a chance. I, I don't, I'm not too high on this right now. I mean, we could really see Miro go off. You know, we really could. I hope that him and Kip win. Even though I like Cassidy, I don't like Chuck Taylor. But, you know, I have, I've always liked Orange Cassidy. Eh, I'm just not too high on this match, to be honest. I'm really just not. Not right now, but I could be proven wrong. We also got Christian Cage making his AEW ring debut against Frank Kazarian. Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall with Arn Anderson as a special guest referee in the exhibition match. We got Okara Shida and Tay Conti versus Ali, the Bunny, and Nyla Rose in a tag team match. And we also got Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows versus the Lucha Bros, Ray Phoenix and Penta and the Ladaro Kid. So it's kind of like, you know, what you can do, I can do better. Like the Young Bucks and Brandon... You know, what you couldn't... Actually, no, what you couldn't do, I'll do it better. Because the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler lost to these guys. So now Kenny and the Good Brothers, I feel like they'll win this match against these guys. So they could say, we're better than you. Because we beat these guys and you couldn't. And Kenny could say, that could have been us. But he chose Brandon Cutler over me. Hopefully that's the main event. But I got a feeling the... You know, this uh, Anarchy or Arcade Anarchy in a match is going to be the main event. I'm not too hyped about it, to be honest. I'm just not. It's not like it's a street fight. That's a different story. You know, like, or the parking lot brawl that Best Friends had with Santana Ortiz. Now, that was fucking good. Like, that was good. It's not like that. But I could be wrong. It could turn out to be good. I could be wrong. You know, it's whatever. We'll see how it turns out. But now we get to the main event for the TNT title. My guy Darby Allen, the strange enigma, the TNT champion versus... Johnny Hungy, John Silver. These two put on a great 15-minute main event. They really did. And Sting said on social media that he'll have Darby's back in case if there's any trouble. And they kind of teased it with Matt Hardy a little bit. 
because we saw Matt Hardy and Private Party talking with each other before the match starts. So I'm kind of thinking, okay, maybe we're going to get Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen. See, I really want to see broken Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen. Imagine that cinematic match at the Hardy compound. Now, that would be fucking great. You know what would be so perfect? If they do that match at double or nothing, say if Jeff Hardy's contract is expired, you can have Darby Allen beat Matt Hardy at the Hardy compound for the TNT title. And then, like, as Matt Hardy loses, you see Jeff Hardy resurrected his brother Nero. Imagine that. Imagine that. People would go insane over that. They would be like, holy shit, we're going to get a Hardy Boys run in AEW. That would be fucking insane. I would go crazy for that shit. That would be, oh my god. That would be so beautiful. That would be so fucking beautiful. I doubt that's what's going to happen. Because we know Jeff's still in a contract with the WWE. But wouldn't that be something though? I guarantee you the internet would explode. They would go crazy. You would get a lot of old school fans being like, holy shit, the Hardy Boys are going to wrestle in AEW together? Oh, hell yeah. You already know. But I doubt it though. But Darby and Silver put on a great match. We did see the Dark Order, you know, at ringside, obviously. And then Sting wound up getting involved. Because it looked like, you know, Dark Order was going to go after Darby. So then here came Sting at the bat. He st- you know, he stood on the stage, you know, he, you know, especially like when Darby got close to the Dark Order. You know, Sting was there to make sure that they didn't attack him, trying to go after him at all. But man, Darby and Silver, and it did look like John Silver did get hurt during this match. And they did say it is likely that he did get hurt because he landed on his, uh, his shoulder in a bad way. I believe it was like his left shoulder that he hurt. And you saw him like, you know... Either he was selling it really good or he legit injured his shoulder, which it looks like he did. But he's still carrying on with this match. He's still carrying on with the match. Even before the match, you know, when the match, like, started, like, you know, right away, like, Darby pointing to the sky, looking up at Brody Lee. You know, and John Silver tried to honor Brody Lee with the, with the powerbomb, but that didn't connect. But, man, fucking Silver, though, he is one strong motherfucker. For a guy that's 5'4". He is strong as fuck. Like, those fucking shoulders, man. Like, holy shit. Like, those fucking arms. Those are, those guns. Like, god damn. This motherfucker's good. He really is. I like John Silver. I really do. I like him. He's an underrated star in this company. And it was great to see him and Darby in the main event. Which was crazy. Because Darby looked like he was going to go for a coffin drop on John Silver. But he actually did it onto the whole Dark Order. I was like, whoa. Like, okay. I was like, damn, that was unexpected. I was like, holy shit. Didn't see that one coming, to be honest. And it looked like Darby was going for Canadian Destroyer. We went for like, like some kind of pin. And he pinned John Silver. And Darby Allen retained the TNT title. And here's what I like. I saw some people were pissed off after this match. I, get, I mean, I kind of low-key wanted John Silver to win as well. But... I think it's kind of stupid. People are going after Darby saying, oh, he's a joke of a champion. Oh, my God. So now you guys were happy for Darby when he won at full gear. Now you guys are pissed. Now you guys are pissed with him. Listen, like I said, low-key, I wanted John Silver to win too. But it just happens. John Silver's not the guy right now to beat Darby. Right now, the guy that seems like the, the guy that looks like Darby's going to drop the title to will either be like Lance Archer or Scorpio Sky. It's going to be either one of those guys. Maybe even Sean Spears. Who knows? 
Just not John Silver right now, but eventually it will be. Eventually it will be. Things take time in wrestling. It just happens. Things take time. Not everybody can be world champion or, or a minor champion. Or like you could say mid-card champion, I should have said. It just is what it is. But don't call Darby a joke of a champion. Like, seriously? Then when are you going to praise him when he wins the AEW world title? Because he will in the future. I give him like two years and he'll win the AEW world title. Like, not everybody can be champion. It takes a while. you got to be a special star. And that's what Darby is. And that's what John Silver is going to be. It was great to see these two guys in the main event. Like, like I said, I expected Omega and Seidel in the main event. But no, they gave it to Darby and Silver. Kind of surprised, but it was a good match. Very good match. Well, any TNT title match should be the main event. Because it's on TNT. So it should be the main event. So it makes sense. But I enjoyed this though. I really did. And then we did see like them fist bump after the match. Like Sting kind of like showed respect to Silver as well. And Silver stared down Sting during this match. Like he didn't show any fear towards him. Like none. But then we saw Matt Hardy and his empire come in. They attacked. Well, Matt Hardy attacked Darby. And the rest of his empire came in. The Dark Wars fighting them off. And Sting was fighting off Private Party. And then Darby did a fucking amazing like suicide dive onto Matt Hardy. So it does seem like they're going that route. We're going to see big money Matt Hardy versus Darby on for the TNT title. So I can't, I mean, I can't see Matt Hardy win the TNT title, but people shouldn't be mad this match has happened. This is something new right here. I mean, obviously, I'd rather be Jeff Hardy than Matt, but these two will put on a good match. They will. It'll be fun to see. Put away, guys. Oh, excuse me there. Just a little bit tired. But thank you guys for watching. Watching. Oh, my God. See, I am tired. <laughs> watching. Jesus Christ. Thank you guys for listening, like always. It was very fun to do this. I haven't done an episode in a couple of days. Felt great to do this. Really did. So, hope you guys are doing great out there. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Talk about the NBA trade deadline. And eventually, soon before the Yankees uh, season gets underway. We'll definitely talk about that as well. Because you already know we got to. We got to talk about them Yanks. You already know. Definitely make my predictions for how the season will go. Maybe I'll do a King MGJ. We'll definitely talk it over and we'll see. Most likely not because I just kind of want to play baseball with him. You know, we talk our other shit. So most likely I'll do it myself. Maybe the day before. But all right. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.